We've played El Paso so many times over the years, but we've never played it in its entirety, and only fitting that today on August 3rd, a year after the uh, tragedy where 23 lives were taken from us, we get a chance to start the show um, with Marty Robbins' classic and uh, go from there. So a lot to cover on the show today. And as you might imagine, uh, a lot of uh, calls, comments, and we really would love to hear from uh, all of you on the program. In fact, we have um, a a pretty stacked show. Uh, Andrew Forrest at the bottom of the hour, Jim Center from UTEP leading off the 5 o'clock hour. Brad Taylor is with us to begin the show today. He is not only the uh, vice president of Mountain Star Sports Group, but he's the general manager of the El Paso Chihuahuas. And we had a show uh, right after the tragedy a year ago. We brought Brad on and we had everybody from the sports world on and I thought about uh, what we wanted to do this time around and that's reconnect with so many of our sports leaders around the community today and and um, you know look at uh, not just revisiting uh, August 30 year later but uh, just uh, how close El Paso has come the community and uh, just the overwhelming amount of support that we've seen from everybody not just here but all over the country all over the world and I think that uh, it's a beautiful thing it's a great way for us to start our show today and Brad uh, we are so grateful for you kicking us off on a Monday and uh, obviously not just a Monday but August 3rd uh, getting a chance to uh, to, to revisit with you uh, here on Sports Talk today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, and I certainly hope everybody's doing well today as best they can and treating each other well. I remember how tough uh, our, our conversation was for you last year, and, and it was tough for everybody. Let me on, be honest with you. The fact that we were able to get so many uh, people on uh, to the show to talk about it was not easy for any of you and, and not easy for us. So we appreciated that. But uh, what was so interesting was it was in the middle of your baseball season, and ultimately, um, you know, sports, like a lot of things, can be a distraction for those to, to have the opportunity to, to come out to the ballpark uh, again and not even not just escape but grieve and i think that was what we a lot of us did uh back then a year ago and and the chihuahuas and mountain star were, were right there with open arms to take everybody in and and realize that it was so much bigger than than a baseball game or just a night at the ballpark here in el paso well the greatest thing about sports is, sports is that they're healing man they're connected when we go to watch sports, we do it with our family, our friends, people we don't know, but we might become friends with because it's a common interest. And, you know, I think sports uh, often and should play a role in their respective communities to help their communities heal and to, to pull them together when they need it because we have that connectivity piece. I totally agree. And, and think that that was something that was uh, clearly, you know, done uh, for us uh, a year ago. And, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because here we are in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I, I don't remember when the schedule was released, if tonight was going to be a home game or not for yeah, the team. Yeah, it might, was going to be might. for baseball. Yeah, and that uh, obviously, um, you know, there would have been a lot of things going on at the ballpark here tonight. There's no doubt about that, I'm sure. And uh, unfortunately, uh, with uh, the pandemic, it's taken the season away and uh, ultimately uh, an opportunity for El Pasoans to have gathered uh, at the ballpark tonight uh, to to, uh, just reflect on uh, what uh, was such a a horrific tragedy uh, this time a year ago. Yeah, I'm just glad that there's other places that people are going to be able to gather tonight and uh, be together 
and remember and honor and just uh, so many different things you think about that are going on over at Scarity at Ponder Park, uh, the 23 flashes on the star of the mountain tonight. I mean, it's cool to see that our city is going to remember and do it right. And uh, I wish we would have been home tonight um, to be part of that. But we're going we're gonna to do something inside the stadium tonight with the lights just to kind of do our little piece to honor those that are no longer here. But um, hopefully, you know, this one-year mark continues to allow people to heal, to talk about it, and to, uh, for those, you know, the, the, the remaining family members and, and loved ones, let them know also it's okay to go on, you know, like live life, honor those that are no longer here, but cherish their memory every day and, and move forward and do things that are good for you and your families. Brett Taylor, general manager, El Paso Chihuahua is uh, with us here on Sports Talk. You know, you've been uh, a part of the community now for almost seven years, and I know this city took you and your family in very quickly, and uh, since then you've made, uh, obviously, a ton of friends. And, and like a lot of people, you know, it doesn't take long for somebody to, to consider themselves uh, an El Pasoan, whether they've been born or raised here or not. No, there's no doubt. That's what makes this place so special. We talk about it all the time, is that it is familial. People here not only take care of their own families, but others. I mean, Steve, you know, you go, go to these youth league baseball games and somebody will watch your son if you need to pop out for a minute. And people have watched my kids. If I need to pop out for a minute, we've watched other kids. and We relish their success on the field and cry with them when they have a bad game. And I think that's what makes this place so cool is that people really care about each other. And um, I, th- I think that's one of the reasons – that sports here does so well. People are passionate about the town's name, whether it's on a baseball jersey, a UTEP football helmet or basketball or soccer jersey, or the locomotive or the rhinos or, you know, anybody that does something here, it's, it's, um, it's a representative of, of 915. And, and people are proud about that and it pulls them together and, uh, they take pride in being good to each other, which is what makes this place so special. One of the things you talked about last year was that um, you wanted to uh, do what you could to help uh, with Mountain Star and uh, both uh, the locomotive and the Chihuahuas, and that was give and give back. And I know there was a, um, a, a very large contribution that was made to the Victims Relief Fund and the families, and a lot of people were able to also give. And uh, the incredible thing is that over the last year, we are talking about millions upon millions mm-hmm. of dollars that have been poured into those funds for them. And I think that that's also something that really bears repeating is uh, just uh, how many people stepped up to give back and and, and want to at least do their part of what they could do to help. Again, just an amazing giving community. Um, I'm really fortunate, as are all the people I work with, to work for the Mountain Star Sports Group with the Fosters and the Hunts. You know, they truly lead by example. They're they're the first ones there when when El Paso needs something like this. And uh, to watch everybody chip in and then do whatever they can, whatever it is, it all matters. It all helps. And, um, boy, a few places can rally like this place can. It's, it's quite impressive. Um, it's resilient, you know, um, it's funny. I look back on it. It's one of the reasons this team was named Chihuahuas. We knew we weren't the biggest dog in Texas, but come fight us. Right. 
you know, we'll be resilient. We'll stand up to you. And that's, that's just exactly what this town is, man. They're tough, they're resilient, and uh, they care about each other. I can't say that enough. And it's made it subsequently a great place for me and my family to live, as you've said now, for seven and a half years. I'm happy you mentioned the name Chihuahuas because I'll never forget the day that the team was named and uh, I took calls from people that were upset, <laughs> visibly upset. The poor Me guy too. who won, <laughs> you know, I know, I'm sure. The poor guy who won was threatened. I mean, it was it I was know. a crazy, crazy situation. Then here we are less than a year after that happened and it's the hottest selling, uh, you know, merchandise in all of minor league baseball still is. You guys have done well and now there are so many El Paso wins that uh, take pride to call themselves at Chihuahuas as far as the uh, AAA team goes and don't even, you know, that it's such a long time ago when that happened, but man, oh man, it was crazy crazy when that uh, when that team name uh, went down yeah and you know honestly i remember all the reasons that names kept surfacing and it was i'm not kidding you it's it's for the qualities that we thought were here you know um just the resiliency the loud and proud and we'll stand up to you uh may not be the biggest dog in the fight but man we'll give you one and it, i think it's fit i think it's been exactly what el paso is and Man, we have just loved being a part of the fabric of this community and um, to, to fulfill the obligation. We have to be good community partners and to do what we can to foster good here where we can, whether that's a baseball game or a soccer game, to bring a brief smile or to provide a place that uh, we can all get together when it's needed to, to heal. Along those lines, since tonight would have been a home game for you, will you uh, request, if you haven't already, with the Pacific Coast League office that when future schedules do come out and are made starting next season, when we can get baseball back in El Paso, that August 3rd would be one of those dates that we could always keep a home date for the Chihuahuas just to give El Pasoans a chance to come back to the ballpark and remember the 23 lives and, and so many more? You know, it's tough to do that with 16 teams total, but the short answer is yes. Uh, we wanted to be home on August 3rd because, uh, you know, just to let you know, uh, we were going to turn this into 915 night. We wanted it to be a night where, hey, let's celebrate what's great about our city. Uh, we can remember, but we don't want to, we don't want to dwell on the bad. We want to celebrate what's good. And, um, yeah, I think if there's ever a chance for us to be home on that date in the future, we're going to ask for it. We may not always get it, but I can tell you that when we are home and we do get it, uh, we will celebrate all the things that make El Paso and the 915 what it is. I love the fact that August 3rd in future years can always become 915 night. I think that's a terrific uh, idea. I love that. I hope you and and if the if it falls on a night for the locomotive in the future can run with that and I think yeah. that's a it's a great way to celebrate uh, this community, this city and and remember all those lives as well and just have a 915 night. I love it. Yeah, it, it, and it's it's appropriate. Right? It's it's um it's always going to be in our city's history now. And uh I think that we, we have the opportunity to make sure that it doesn't always have to be looked at as awful. It can also be looked at as healing and, and hopeful. And uh, th those are the things I think all of us have to do and carry forward uh, is to make things better little by little, you know, and every year if we can take a minute and maybe pay more attention to people and be a little nicer on August 3rd than we normally are, we should do it. 
every day we should do it, but especially August 3rd. I was going to ask you what message would you like to give everybody listening for for uh, uh, you know uh, this night this day, but you just answered that question for me, so I appreciate that. I think you did. I love about how nice everybody is in El Paso. I still think this is about this, yeah. the, the friendliest uh, city you're ever going to find anywhere. But yeah, if you can go even a little more than normal and go above and beyond on August third, do yeah. it because uh, you're right. That's a it's a great way to put it, and uh, it's a perfect you know, way for us to start the show. Yeah, Steve, that can't be overstated either, man. I've had the I had good fortune of living in several different places through my minor league baseball travels. And um, it's no joke. The people here are different. They are very familial. They are very friendly. And there is no place I've been that is more prideful and considerate than this one. And that means something. Fantastic. By the way, Eric loved the line you gave us a little while ago. He tweeted it out and said, what a great quote by Brad Taylor. We know we're not the biggest dog in Texas, but come fight us. So there you go. You've already you've already started the show with a great line that's being uh, that's being captured now and, and and sent out there on social media. So well done, well done. Thank you, and appreciate you letting me come on. And uh, everybody have a great rest of your day, week, month. Let's get out of this COVID craziness together. Let's get back to hugging on one another and uh, drinking a beer at a tailgate or a baseball game. Look forward to it. Next time you get a chance to chat, Brad, always a pleasure. Thanks again for the time. Thanks, Steve. See you. Brad Taylor getting us started here on Sports Talk. Ten minutes from now, Andrew Forrest will join us from El Paso Locomotive FC. Get your phone calls, your comments, your thoughts on the mobile app, uh, as well as Twitter and on the phone lines, as we mentioned a moment ago. First, though, let's go to Charlie One. Get a traffic update here, 20 past, as uh, we get started uh, here on Sports Talk. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. We'll keep things moving. And as we mentioned, folks, uh, a lot more in store for you, including our next guest. He's Andrew Forrest, uh, the general manager of El Paso Locomotive FC and also a big part of Mountain Star Sports Group as well. And he chimes in here at uh, 32 past the hour. Andrew, welcome uh, back to the show and uh, happy uh, you've had a chance to, to join us as well. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me as always, Steve. Appreciate it. What's it been like for you so far today, uh, just uh, as you've been traveling around the city and dealing with the, everything you've got, the normal activity, but obviously uh, with Mark and the team, since so many of them were, were part of this roster uh, last year, I'm sure that's been on their minds first and foremost. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough day that's, that's, you know, it's hard to describe, it's hard to put into words, and uh, as I've talked about it a little bit with, with people in the organization and with you know, my family, it's, it brings back a lot of emotion that I wasn't sure I was expecting to experience the way, uh, the way it's been. It's, there's no playbook for these types of events. And, um, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a, a rough day and you know, it's coming and it's just been hard to, uh, kind of been hard to, to, to verbalize really, honestly, I'm having a hard time with it now. It's just, a, it's a difficult thing to, to relive and, and remember and, there's been some, some documentary crews that have come through that uh, put put their stuff out and to relive it and so vividly is 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 difficult. I saw Mark Lowry's tweet about three hours ago, and he tweeted out the hashtag El Paso Strong, and then underneath it uh, he wrote, "It's more than a hashtag; it's a mindset and a way of life. This city will never back down, and will never be defeated." And I thought that was a, a, a fitting, uh, you know, a fitting message 
from the leader of the locomotive. I've also seen players themselves that have uh, reached out uh, on social media and commented uh, today since uh, many of them were part of, of, again, what would happen last year. And the locomotive were such a big part of the recovery effort as El Pasoans were looking to get back to, to, to sports as, as a way to not just become a distraction, but for them also to celebrate the city and what's so good about El Paso. And you guys were a big part of that and still are a big part of it since right now you're the only professional sports team in the area that's playing. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, you, you see our guys, and, and even though, you know, some of them may not still be on our roster, you, you saw guys that were, were quick to quick to act and, and quick to try to, to do their part to, to lend a hand, and, and in some cases, in many cases, to guys that had, haven't even lived in this community that long and to already have felt that connection to a city having only been here a, a couple months, and I'm thinking specifically of uh, Jerome Kisoweto and Sebastian Velasquez, that, you know, Sebastian started to do, you know, do his thing and, uh, uh, you know, just help raise a little bit of money and awareness for a, a, a GoFundMe, and that turned into all of a sudden you've got, you know, soccer superstars all over the country retweeting and donating, and that turned into, to, you know, upwards of $35,000 that was, uh, you know, was able able to help commit back to, to the the, the funds for the, the hospital stays and, and, you know, you see guys and our guys in line to, to help give blood. And it's, it's hard in those situations because you don't know what to do uh, necessarily all the time. And, and our guys were trying to do the, you know, what they're best at to, to give back and to be there for our community. And, and, and I'm proud of that. That's, that's, you know, not, not every guy would think about, about doing something like that, but I think it's again, a testament to the kind of players that this, this team has that Mark recruits. You've got, you've got grown men that, that act as such. We don't, we don't have troublemakers. We don't have guys in the paper for the wrong reasons. We got guys that go out when, uh, when something, something hits the fan and they, they, they do things that, that grown men would do. And I'm, I'm very proud of, of the reaction uh, that our team had um, both in the moment and in the, the weeks that, you know, and months that have gone by. I look at what happened in particular with the El Paso fusion and how mm-hmm. there were players and coaches um, at the uh, Walmart at Cielo Vista Mall selling cold drinks and chicharrones, raising money for the trip to the out-of-state soccer tournament. And that is you know, when exactly the shooter uh, had started firing, right at that point. And mm-hmm. you, know, you think about all the lives lost, um, and at the same time, how you know it affected uh, that group in particular because they were all there, and then a couple of weeks later, you had them right there on the pitch, um, and uh, they were out there in uniform, uh, more than a dozen of them, uh, to be honored by the team before that home game against Tacoma, and you can imagine what the emotions were like that night uh, in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, that was um, you know. The way I think about it is, is if we can play one small part in a, in a healing process, then then it's worth it. And if, if the girls could have a good time, and and I, I I believe that they did. I hope that they didn't. You know, we certainly don't expect you know anybody to to forget about what happened. But if they can come together, have a positive experience, have a positive time with soccer, and and you know think about the good times that soccer can bring. I think I think it was worth it. I, I know you know the the girls loved being on the. The field for pregame. They got to sit on the team bench. The guys all came over, of course, and said hi before the game, and were able to get some pictures and get them some some autographs and things like that. So I, I think that they had a great time. And for a small moment, if that helped, 
bring a little healing and a little peace to to the team and to the families, then then I think it was worth it. And and it's the kind of thing that we would uh, we would always do. And, and it's just a small part, but if, if our part could play, uh, you know, be a piece in the puzzle to to everyone, you know, healing a little bit in some way, then then, it, then it's worth it. And, and we would do it again every single time. Now we're five hours, I say five hours, five days away from the next home match against the Colorado Springs uh, switchbacks as we continue mm-hmm. with Andrew Forrest, general manager, El Paso Locomotive FC. Obviously, since uh, the matchup on Saturday most likely will be played without fans, I don't think I've seen the announcement, or maybe it's already come, but um, if that is the case, and you'll be playing again uh, in uh, an empty stadium, will there be plans to do any kind of a tribute uh, here with uh, with what's uh, going down today. Yeah, we, there'll be an announcement very soon. You haven't missed anything. No one's missed anything on an announcement with fans. We'll, we'll be putting that out very, very, very soon. Um, most likely tomorrow morning. Um, but yes, of course, there we're, we're hypersensitive to, to what's what's going on. We're, we're hypersensitive to the you know many of the you know the affected. We're, we're part of this, this. Obviously, everybody was affected, but but the soccer team that took center stage and there there will absolutely be. Um, memorial type, you know, we're, we're definitely going to honor and, and, and again, do our small part where we can to, uh, to help, you know, cherish these lives that were lost and, and remember and reflect on, on, uh, on all the individuals and uh, in a positive way and, and try to, you know, see it as a celebration of, of life in the sense that, you know, these people are not forgotten and, and they're part of our community forever and, and we'll continue to always be in, and I think it's the kind of thing where we think about, you know, think about this more than just on one day a year. This is, this is something that this city and everybody in it, we're, we're going to live with it forever. And, uh, and these people will never be forgotten, and, and we will do our part to, uh, to honor their memory. When you look at sports and you look at the connection that a community has with, with their sports teams, whether it's college and UTEP, um, you know, professional uh, even local youth sports, high school sports, no matter what it is, there, there's a, there's always a relationship. Why do you think that when it comes to soccer, especially professional soccer, the relationship that some fans have with their club runs so much deeper than all of the other professional sports that we we see uh, you know around the country? That's a great question, and I, I, you know, it's it's only an answer that I give you is only based on feel. There's no empirical scientific evidence that can that I know of that can back any of this up. But I, I think for for our guys, I can at least speak for for locomotive is is the connection of the community. We we these guys get out there. People are able to meet them. Uh, it's it's not maybe like football where everybody's got a mask on or you know a helmet on, and it's hard to identify with these guys. And um, you know you can see them. You can you see them in the community and. And I think people appreciate what they do. You know, we've got a lot of guys active on social, and they're accessible, and they'll they'll talk to you. They wanna they wanna answer your questions. I think uh, soccer is different for that that reason, and it's it's. I don't know that I can explain why, but but I think those are some of the reasons that at least for locomotive players, why they've they've ingratiated in the community in, in a relatively very quickly quick amount of times because we haven't been around. Uh, but for this is just our second season. So I think, I think some of those things are, are really what, what helps uh, the fans identify with, with the team in general and certainly certain players um, individually. You know, you've got guys like Omar and Chapa and, and Memo who are, who are hometown heroes, and, and there's little kids all over 
little kids all over El Paso that want to grow up and be and be the next Omar. You think about, you know, I think about playing basketball in my driveway or playing soccer with my friends, and, you know, maybe I was going to be the next John Harks or the next this or the next that. And, you know, now we've got these local guys that, that can be real-life tangible examples, and I think that, that that helps fuel that passion because Omar can do it. Chapa can do it. Well, maybe I can do it too. It's not just a far-fetched dream that, that lives out in the ether. It's, it's real. Next year, August 3rd, is a Tuesday. It could be a possible home game for Locomotive. It could be a possible home game for the Chihuahuas. Brad Taylor told us that uh, since it was supposed to be a Chihuahuas home game this year, uh, 915 night was going to be the night. And celebrating El Paso and what it's all about and, and all the good things that this city has and, and, and has always been about. And I thought that is such a great way to look at it. And give me your take on uh, you know turning uh, August 3rd into a, uh, a you know, permanent 915 celebration, a 915 night where everybody gets together and just thinks about all the good things of being in El Paso. I think that's a fantastic idea, and almost assuredly, uh, either ourselves or possibly more likely the the Chihuahuas will certainly someone will be playing on that night, and hopefully we can uh, we can get a home game because I do think it's a it's a tremendous idea, and I think it's a it's a great conceptual idea of, of unity uh, across not not just El Paso, but of course uh, uh, FC, or Juarez and then and Las Cruces, you know, a, a borderplex type night where where everybody can come together and, and be together that wants to be out and and celebrate um all all great things el paso and and do it in in front of a, a fun sporting event whether it's soccer or baseball and and just have a good time it's the this community is not defined by this event and and nor will it be um it this this community is too strong it's too vibrant it's too um progressive and it to be defined by such a, a heinous and horrifying act, it, it, it just won't be hundred And you've seen all the, the the great stories that have that have come out of this of people coming together, and it, we just can't let we can't let one one thing define define us. And, and I don't think for a second it has, nor will it. Andrew, great job. Appreciate you stepping up, joining us on the show today. And uh, as we get closer to the next match, we'll look forward to have Mark uh, back on with us later in the week. But, uh, again, given the uh, the day, the significance, the meaning, thank you uh, for, for spending some time uh, out of your Monday and joining us on the program today. No, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough day, but it's a day that, that will come every year, and, and we'll, we'll do the best with it. This, uh, like I said, this city won't, won't, be, won't be stopped. It won't be defined by this this and we'll, we'll continue to move forward uh, as we always will terrific he's andrew forrest from the uh, el paso locomotive uh, joining us uh, here on sports talk we'll come back with plenty more but first stephanie Valle, abc7 news then charlie one and then sports talk continues here on 600 espn el paso it's the start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. And uh, as uh, we did uh, a year ago, if you remember, folks, uh, it was one of the toughest shows we had to do when we went and talked to our uh, city sports leaders and uh, gave them the opportunity to re- reflect on the events of August 3rd. And here we are now at the one-year anniversary and along the same lines. want to check back in with many of those uh, sports leaders and and uh, get their thoughts and reflections as we remember uh, the 23 lives lost uh, that day in El Paso. With us right now is UTEP Director of Athletics, Jim Center. And Jim, 
Uh, I know there's a, a ton going on in your world right now with the, the fall season around the corner, trying to navigate around COVID and uh, everything that you could possibly be uh, asking for. But we appreciate you giving us uh, some time today and, and being a part of our show. Well, thanks, Steve. I, I appreciate it. You know, it's amazing how quickly one year has gone by. And uh, over the weekend, I was thinking about how we were approaching the anniversary date of that tragedy and, and uh you know, it's just amazing, um, really and truly, how many lives were affected and changed by that. And particularly, uh, you know, our, our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to the families who lost loved ones and those people who were wounded and injured during during that attack. And uh, and at the same time, uh, I think in a lot of ways, our community is stronger and uh, and has provided an opportunity for people to show more love and respect and uh, and appreciation for for all people too. So it's uh it's it's kind of a sobering uh thing to to rethink about all that i agree with you you know this uh community has been so tight and close-knit to begin with and all that did was bring everybody together and uh even today just um seeing on social media all of the outpouring of love and support from everywhere around the country and around the world uh it, it really makes you it makes you feel good as a community and i think el paso um you know has has done you know as good a job as as ever uh just staying together and uh, and really being behind each other uh, every step of the way no, absolutely, and I think uh, you know. I think El Paso and El Pasoans have a tremendous amount of respect for each other, tremendous amount of love. It's one of the things that my wife and I and my daughter have mentioned on many occasions: how friendly, how loving, how accepting everybody has been since we moved to El Paso, and and I think it permeates our our, uh, our entire community. And so, you know, the the real challenge, Steve, I think for us is. You know, how, how do we how do we take the, the love and the respect that we have for all people, and how do we how do we help change other people's minds? People who aren't there, people like the young man who drove down here and committed that horrible act. You know, how how do we help change their minds and and, and have a paradigm shift with their ideologies? That's such a tough question. It, it really is. I mean, I just go back to what uh, UTEP did last year. And all of the, um, you know, El Paso Strong, uh, there were T-shirts, there were um, helmet decals, the athletes themselves, uh, you know, the fan base bonded. Because you got to remember that after that happened, UTEP um, was was right there uh, along with the, the Chihuahuas as, you know, two and, and the locomotive for that matter as, you know, the, uh, the the sports that gave the community a chance to, to get out and, and, and rally behind. And that was so important. And, and and it took you weeks to come up with exactly what you wanted to do because you wanted to make sure you got it right and did the right thing. And, and I remember that so well. And I really thought that uh, you guys did a great job and, and the community appreciated everything that uh, the university did. Well, thank you, Steve. I, I know, you know, we did have a lot of discussions and a lot of meetings related to what could we do, what would be meaningful. Uh, you know, what I, what I think, what I think, we we continually talked about is how does having a football game and an activity pregame halftime those kinds of things how does that help people uh, move forward how does it help people heal how does it help people uh, you know come alongside each other and uplift and encourage each other and show our solidarity for for doing the right thing and for love and respect and being strong as a community and uh, you know I got to give a lot of credit to Daniel Veal and 
his marketing team, you know, they had a lot of great ideas and did things that uh, I didn't know, quite honestly, if we could pull off. And, and he did an amazing job, and, and so hats off to them. But I, I think, I know they're not the same, but the recent things that have happened in our country, you, you know, with, uh, with, with people of color uh, standing up and saying, you know, enough's enough, uh, no more police brutality and those kinds of things, and Black Lives Matter uh, touches the hearts and souls of people who are being affected, just like our community was affected. And, you know, sports is one of those things that we can all come together uh, with, and we want to try to utilize our sports here, and, and particularly minor athletics, to try to help bring people together and to tell a story that is about love and respect, uh, not one that's divisive. Jim Center, Director of Athletics for uh, UTEP, uh, joining us uh, here on Sports Talk. You know, that happened um, about 18 months into your time here in El Paso. And when you first arrived, uh, you engaged in a lot of uh, town halls because you wanted to learn from the fans about everything that had gone on prior to when you were here and what you could do to address the issues of the fans. But while you were going all over El Paso for those, and I mean you were literally going all over town, I know that you were impacted by the community right out of the right right out of the gate because you could see that El Paso is a little different than a lot of places you've probably been to before. And, you know, all, again, the uh, the, the horrific actions of, of last August 3rd did was was bring people that were close, that much more closer together. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Steve. And, and, you know, doing those town hall meetings that we did, I think there were around 40 or so that we completed. Uh, it was just amazing to see the quality of the people here, uh, the way that they love this community, the way that they loved each other. They're open and welcoming hearts, and uh, and those are things that, I, that I'll never forget. I remember, I remember my wife and I talking on several occasions about how different this felt being here than than maybe other places that we've lived over our lifetimes in working in college athletics. So, uh, to, to your to your point, it's uh, it's an amazing place. The, the people are wonderful, and we just got to keep we got to stay the course and try to educate people as to why do we respect each other, why do we celebrate diversity and inclusion, uh, because it's the right thing to do. And, and at the core of it is about respect, uh, regardless of your race and nationality and, and, uh, and socioeconomic standing or sexual orientation. It doesn't matter. Uh, respect is a universal language. And, and we need to be about the, the business of trying to help people learn through education to respect all people and, uh, and, and to not get caught up in some of the things that so many people uh, can get caught up in and have a you know have a, have a twisted sense of what's right and what's wrong. It's an ongoing process. It's a process that probably will never um, will never get it right. I mean, you you almost just need to continue to reinforce, grow the discussion, grow the program, and and hopefully this is something that just becomes part of the process with all college uh, student athletes, not just here but all over the country year after year. And unfortunately, I think a lot of things sometimes in life we take for granted. We don't do our due justice, and uh, now with everything that's going on through uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and what we're talking about here today locally with El Paso. Hopefully there's there's still uh, you know hope, because that's what you got to have, hope that uh, in time uh, we're not going to have to be talking about some of these awful hate crimes that happen far too often here in our country and around the world. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Steve. And I think, you know, part of this thing is 
while we can talk about things as a community and, and things in community, um, the, the truth is that it's really on an individual basis. When you and I or any other individual hears or sees somebody do something that is racist in nature uh, or derogatory or demeaning to another person, that's not, that's not who we are. It's not about respect. We got to call it out. We got to say, hey, hey, listen, that's not right. Uh, and we got to stand up for those maybe who don't have a voice. Uh, and we have to advocate on their behalf. And, and that takes a lot of courage. But the truth is, it's one-on-one. When, when I think about this young man who came down here and, and committed uh, th- this crime down here, how many people were speaking into his life saying, hey, dude, your head's messed up. That, that's not the way it is. And, and that's, not, that's not a position of respect and love. Um, what if somebody was telling him that? Uh, would he have committed the crime that he committed? Probably not. Right, so a lot of this stuff is just learned and it's reinforced, but sometimes it's because people aren't speaking up and calling people out on it. So true. In terms of student athletes, because you oversee all sports, I mean, how, how often do you uh, end up having the discussion with uh, your athletes uh, about uh, topics like this? Well, you know what, Steve, uh, in, in all candor, we haven't had enough of them, and, and I take responsibility for that. We have started to engage our student athletes. Uh, we've had about five or six different Zoom calls over the last month or so related to Black Lives Matter and, uh, and, and where our young people see that movement today in their fears and concerns and worries uh, and what they, what they think they can do to try to make change or bring awareness and attention to it. And, and I think it's really near and dear to their hearts right now, particularly for our minority student-athletes. Uh, and, and they want to know that, that even if you're not a minority, you can at least appreciate and understand uh, where they're coming from. So we're having much greater dialogue. Uh, we're going to be talking about a program and a concept that, that we're going to be launching here at UTEP with our student-athletes and our athletic department here probably in the next couple of weeks. I don't want to give it away right now, but basically how can we be a positive change and, and be an advocate uh, in ways that maybe we haven't ever done it in the past. So we're looking forward to, to engaging our student-athletes our faculty and staff and students and our community more in the future. I think that's terrific. I think education and awareness is, is where it all starts and where it will eventually go from there. And you know what? You make a little uh, a little headway each and every year, and uh, we continue to do everything we can in our part so that uh, nobody ever forgets these 23 lives and, and all the, the lives that have been taken uh, from, from us uh, due to senseless acts of, of hate and, uh, among other things, uh, people that just, uh, you know, they, they don't appreciate and, and treat uh, our, our fellow our fellow man the way they need to with love kindness and respect this is uh, what it's going to be all about and i'm happy to hear that uh, you guys are already uh, well on your way to to coming up with some some new uh, some new things that we can get a chance to talk about in the future you bet well we look forward to it steve all right hey jim listen we appreciate the time thanks uh, for joining us and the next time we get a chance to talk we'll be that much closer to the start of uh, of the fall uh, athletic season and hopefully we've got plenty of good news to talk about for minor fans you bet. That sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for the call today, Steve. Go Miner. All right, you got it. There he is, uh, Jim Center, UTEP Director of Athletics, as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right, plenty more to come uh, back to as we continue in Hour 2 of the show. 880-5763, that's our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, online at 600ESPNElPaso.com. And don't forget our free mobile app powered by United Bank. Right now, though, let's go to Charlie 1 and keep things moving with this traffic update. Charlie, how are we doing? 